the San Diego Padres salvage their series against the Atlanta Braves with a one nothing victory thanks to a Juan Soto super-duper bomb. But, like I said, one nothing. And the past few games have been a lot. Only two runs over the last four games. This Padres offense still not that great. So we got a lot to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, before, hopefully, the return of Fernando Tatis Jr. You know what you're listening to, so let's get started. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, April 19th, or potentially April 20th, depending on when I finally get to upload this. As always, I'm your host with subtypes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, if you'd like some more nerdy tweets on there, but also if you only want Padres tweets at LO underscore Padres. If you want to see my my clean fit with the relax shirt is what I've been rocking, which might have to be the, dare I say, the the, the motto, the, the slogan for this Padres team at the moment, at least for its fan base. Uh, you can check that out. Lockdown Padres on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And of course, thank you everybody for making, hopefully, Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms, whatever you choose. And for today's episode, we are recapping the Pat, this basically this whole Brave series. And the reason we're recapping the whole Brave series is because not a lot happened, to be perfectly honest with you. We're going to start with uh, yesterday's game, or today's game, uh, depending on when you listen to this. The last game in which the Padres, thankfully, uh, got a W finally. It wasn't the most encouraging W in the world, but it was still cool nonetheless. And I think that you have to start the story here with Mr. Juan Soto, who hits the home run that basically ends up deciding this game. Absolute bomb, 446 feet to deep right center in the bottom of the fourth. And then after that, literally, basically not much else. You know, Mr. Jacob, Jake Cronenworth, he grounds into a double play. Manny Machado gets robbed by uh, Sam Hilliard uh, for a potential home run into center field, which was unfortunate. But other than that, not much to speak of. And part of that was because the pitching was just so, so good uh, for both teams, Um, especially when it comes to guys that aren't necessarily expected, both Charlie Morton and Nick Martinez, to be those ace type of pitching duelers. You know what I'm saying? You don't usually get that type of matchup, uh, you know, from these guys. You're usually supposed to get this from, like, Darvish and Spencer Strider, right? Well, no. Instead, it was, this is the one that the Padres win, thankfully. Charlie Morton was fine in this game, especially at his age. He was pretty good. He did get five Ks, only gave up one. And then Nick Martinez... He is the real story. And I talked about on previous episodes that I, I wasn't really concerned with him just because I think that his role is just pretty solid. I, I just haven't seen anything from him that leads me to be scared. He's going to have those games when he walks too many batters. He's going to have those games where someone hits him for a big home run in the first couple innings, as you saw in the, I believe it was the first game of the Brewer series, when he gave up a home run to Rowdy Tellez. Uh I think he gave up two, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Was it two? I don't even remember. But, you know, you see that every now and then with him. And personally, yes, I still stand by my belief that I really like Martinez in a long-inning reliever type of role. And let me tell you, based on how he pitched today, combined with the fact that there's some guys at the Padres' bullpen, <clears throat> Nabil Krismet, that have been so 
poor that maybe Martinez might go there and maybe they try to uh, gear the rotation more towards being just a five-man rotation. We'll see. Uh, it also depends on, you know, bullpen pieces that are going to come back, right? Like Pomeranz started a, a rehab assignment the other day. That should be interesting. You know, how about Robert Suarez progresses? I'm getting too off base, but you get my point. I think that Martinez is just really good at fulfilling his role, and he was excellent today uh, for a Padres team that really needed a W, not giving up any runs to a Braves team that had been on a really big streak. They're one of the best teams in baseball. Personally, my number one team in baseball. Uh, and, you know, he got the job done in this game. Nothing that was too incredible, but he got six whiffs on his changeup. We've talked about that a lot. Six whiffs on his changeup. Nick Martinez's changeup is electric at times, and it's such a great putaway pitch, as you can see by the whiff stuff. And that's basically it. He also got seven on his four-seam fastball. He was locating really well. He only walked two, struck out six, gave up three hits. We'll, what does need to be mentioned, though, Manny Machado, great defensive performance from him. He made a great play at third base. He made a great play. Uh, you know, he, he ran in. I don't know what to call it, but he scooped at the one-arm throw to first base. That was awesome. Had one in the hole that he spun around and threw. What's interesting about the two big stars of the Padres this year that have started off pretty poorly is they've contributed uh, in other... So, despite being poor overall, they have had their specific areas where they've been great. And Manny Machado, while he hasn't been that great offensively and he hasn't been hitting the ball as hard as he usually does, his defense has been electric. He's been fantastic so far. Not that it's a surprise, but still really great to see. And that's what great talents do. Even when they're not doing what they're best at, you know, I know that this is, you know, sometimes people use this talk where you're talking about, you know, the NBA, where like, oh no, Chris Paul isn't scoring. Well, he's still doing good defensively and he's passing well, that type of stuff, right? But with this, Machado's still doing great things on the defensive end. It might even got robbed today uh, of a home run, so that's really cool to see. And with Juan Soto, while the batting average isn't there, and overall the slugging hasn't been there, especially since he's joined the Padres overall, he has been walking on base at an enormous clip and still one of the best in baseball at that type of stuff. So that's been really cool to see. Uh, so I like that. Um, but it still is a thing worth talking about, which is the Padres' overall anemic offense the past few games. That's what we got to talk about, man. I mean, it's just been it's been really rough. They only scored one run in this game. They lost one to eight the night before, thanks to the aforementioned Nubiel Krismat uh, getting lit up again. They lost zero to two against Atlanta for the first game of the series, and then they lost 0-1 on Sunday's game. Then they lost ten to three, two to eleven, three to four. They haven't scored more than three runs since that second game of the Mets series when they won 4-2, thanks to the... Um, how did they win that one? Was that Trent Grisham's game? I Yeah, I think that was the... No. Who, hold on, let me just check really quickly so I don't forget. No, that was the Xander Bogarts game when he hit the home run to allow KP's out of the score as well uh, to make it 4-1. But, you know, other than that, that's like the last time they scored and then you had the, the, the big Sunday night game when they blew up the Braves that they might have apparently just exploded and that was all that they could give out offensively. In general, this Padres offense has been quite disappointing. I've talked about their numbers with runners in scoring position this year. They're 29th in the league in batting average. That might change at the time of this recording. You know, Fangraphs hasn't updated that yet. Might change at the time of this recording. Uh, who knows? But likely not uh, that they're 29th in the league in batting average with runners in scoring position. The WRC plus mark isn't any better at 26 with runners in scoring position. They've been bad. Uh, offensively for sure. And I'm actually going to be writing for JustBaseball.com, just a quick thing on Fernando Tatis Jr. And 
what really is my point that I want to emphasize is we should not be in this situation. Tatis was supposed to be gravy. He was supposed to be the, the really decadent, hot, like best restaurant in the world type of cherry on top. But that was what he was supposed to be. This team was at minimum, at least, can we be average offensively? So I think that's why you've seen so much frustration. And while I was being really uh, snarky with the relaxed shirt, uh, it's justified. Uh, it's the most anticipated season in franchise history, dare I say. Some would say the 84 team. I wasn't alive during then, so I can't quite attest to it as much. But uh, with with all the signings, with the fact that you get a full year of Soto, you extend Darvish, you extend Machado, you know, all sorts of moves. It's just, it's been really disappointing so far. I don't know how much it's going to continue. I think if there's any saving grace is that runners in scoring position numbers aren't something that... I would use to judge a total offense that might just be just streak and the beginning of the season. But nonetheless, it is still uh, really, really um, frustrating uh, so far for the Padres. And we're going to recap the other games here that saw some really good starting pitching performances that unfortunately went to waste. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about eBay. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, eBay. You know that website. It's a site that I used to sell my old Yu-Gi-Oh cards on every now and then and whatnot. But we're not talking about that stuff. We're talking specifically about eBay Motors. That's right. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. Let me tell you, I don't know anything about cards, but uh, that sounds... that. Sounds about right in my limited experience. You need everything to be right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look, not literally My Garage, but the My Garage option, just, just for clarification, and look for the green check to know the part will fill it or your money back. That's right, guys, because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors, and with over 122 million parts to choose from, we'll be back in the game in no time. In no time, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, you want to come back. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed, so get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, eligible items only. And exclusions do apply. Go check out eBay Motors, ladies and gentlemen. It's fantastic. And we're back here on this old Locked On Padres podcast pontificating about this anemic, disgraceful offense that has been uh, over the course of the last four games. Because while they did manage to salvage this game uh, with a 1-0, hold on, with a one nothing win over the Braves, uh, the last four games have been pretty rough. Uh, for the Padres overall. Like I said, only two runs over the last four innings. And to me, that is the name of the story here. This is a team with Soto, Bogarts, and Manny. And by default, you should not be, because of those three guys, you should not be in the bottom like 10% of offenses in baseball. You should not be worse than the A's. You should not be worse than the Pirates or the Cubs. Although, long-time listeners of the show, I picked the Cubs as one of my sleeper teams this year. But even still, they should be better than that. I know that there's some questions with the bottom of the lineup, but really all of the uh, the Cronenworths and the Hassan Kims and the Nelson Cruzes of the world, they just need to be average. And for points of the season, they have been average, even if they have struggled overall. But Nelson Cruz, he's been a batting average machine, and I've loved seeing that from him. But even still, I think that's going to come down. He doesn't have a lot of speed. He's old. Uh, I don't think he's going to be hitting, you know, 500 
uh, for all that much longer. You know what I mean? I know he's not literally hitting 500. In fact, how is he hitting right now? Let's see here. Mr. Nelson Cruz. He's got a WRC plus of 119. He's hitting 295 right now. OBP only at 319. He hasn't been walking enough. But the fact that he has a 367 BABIP does point to some regression to be expected. I am curious to see if some power comes his way because that would be awesome. Uh, if Nelson Cruz can return kind of some of his power that we know from the past. Uh, but even if, it, if he doesn't, he's still kind of a bench player. And then Matt Carpenter has been a lot less uh, good than Nelson Cruz. He started off really strong and really strong. Uh, he started off really strong to start the year, but overall, uh, it's just kind of gone downhill ever since then. He, had, he was ripping balls for sure. His swing looks crisp as hell, but 152 batting average on the season with a 317 on base percentage. Again, this isn't quite updated after the events of uh, yesterday's game, but considering that he went uh, 0 for 2 with a walk and a strikeout, it's probably not going to change all that much. Uh, he just looks to me, the swing looks a little bit slow, and it feels like if you attack him with high heat and then kind of like a breaking ball pitch down and inside, that seems to be what has gotten him so far. Uh, I, great. This is guy, this is a guy who's been a good player. He revitalized himself last year. Maybe he can figure it out. But those inside pitches, he tries to pull the ball. He did it with the Yankees in Yankee Stadium because of the short porch. It seems like they, they know that. Pitchers are attacking that area, which just it looks like it's going to be a fastball on the inside. It goes right down. So the movement stuff is getting him. Basically, just don't throw him curveballs in the middle of the plate, and that seems to have been the success against him. So hopefully he can get things going. But... Uh, He's not the biggest problem on the Padres' offense. Look, the Padres also lost, uh, I didn't mention, they lost 8-1 to one, uh, in the previous game before they got their W here. Uh, and it wasn't because of Blake Snell, who has been pretty erratic to start the season. Five innings, two earned runs on only three hits. He did walk three and struck out five. But considering Snell's streak of very... Uh, you know, being known for having poor starts, uh, a poor start to the season, that was pretty great by his poor start standards uh, for him. And then the Beal Chrisman ends up giving up three runs. Uh, he's got a 10 ERA on the season, a whip over two. Honestly, I think if Pomerantz comes back and he's healthy, and also considering that Robert Suarez should come back at some point, I think it's possible that Nabil Chrisman gets cut at this point. He just, I feel like he's only maybe had one appearance in which he didn't give up an absolute bomb. Uh, he's just been getting killed uh, nonstop this year. It feels like hitters have adapted to his off-speed stuff, and that's not good because that's kind of what he relied on. So maybe last year, I think I overestimated his abilities as a reliever, so that's not great. But really, this is all about offense. Three strikeouts from Trent Grisham in this one, a strikeout from Manny Machado. Uh, Juan Soto is able to get the lone RBI of the night for the team, and he also draws two walks. Look, there isn't zero reason to be concerned. I'm not overly concerned about Soto because bottom line is hard hit rate is still pretty good. He's still hitting the ball hard. Exit velocity, go check out his savant page. And he's walking a lot, right? So he's still got incredible play discipline. But there are there it's it's less than or hold on. It's greater than a zero percent concern. Considering that overall he's hitting about two eighteen with the Padres, like in totality, including last year's games. And he's still got a high on base percentage, but the slugging isn't there around 383 and a 360, 370 on base percentage. That's not terrible. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, for a guy that is seeking this reportedly like 500 million plus extension, it has been greatly disappointing his tenure with the Padres. 
Um, and there are some other signs. The fact that his overall medium contact rate, forget hard hit, but medium rate, that's down too. Everything has been down for him. For the most part, he's hitting more balls into the infield. And I don't mean like ground balls. I mean like pop-ups. His infield fly ball rate is actually much higher uh, over the course of his career. Let me just see if I have that number right now in front of me. Do-do-do. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Let me see here. He is hitting... Infield fly ball rate, it's at 10.8%. And before that, 6.7, 5 5.6, 4.6, and 7.9, tracking back all the way to his rookie year. So he's hit a lot of annoying pop-ups. He's hitting the crap out of the ball, and it just goes straight up into the infield, and that's annoying. Uh, so hopefully, though, in fairness, maybe this is just a sign of him trying to do too much. But like I said, his medium rate, everything has been just down across the board for Soto. There are reasons to be concerned about him. Although... My biggest concerns are more about with Soto and the Padres' offense. I think Manny Machado has been a lot worse. His savant page does not look good. He's grounded into five double plays so far, and he hit all of 12 last year. Padres are up there in terms of overall double plays uh, turned by teams from their batters. But even still, that's been really concerning, and hopefully it's a sign of just he's hitting too much on the ground now, which he's not immune to. His first year with the Padres, he hit into a lot of double plays. I think he hit into around 24 or 25. So it's not impossible that Manny Machado is going to hit into this problem, especially since it's been a while. Maybe he was just due for a slow start in some ways. I mean, the guy has been a beast for so long. Uh, but he's been more concerning in terms of the old batted ball rate and quality of contact stuff. So, look, I think those two still deserve so much leeway. I think Soto, while clearly he has shown struggles, this is not just only fueled by bad luck. Um, granted, his BABIP is pretty good, batting average on balls in play, in terms of there being signs that this is going to get better. He's not going to hit below 200. Uh, at some point, he'll go on a hitting streak. But if this is a guy who's going to hit maybe 240 and have a really high on base, I want to see more power. And he's shown a lot of power, but it's it's fair to look at Juan Soto and be a little bit concerned. Not to the point where you're like, oh my God, he's a bust, classic Padres, but to the point where you're like, hey, Maybe we shouldn't sign this guy to another long-term extension. And if that's how you feel, then welcome to my corner. Because my corner, I have believed this for a long time. This has been my thought before they even traded him. I just think that you make those trades for superstar players when you don't have superstar players. And before that trade, I posed this question a while ago. If you knew that the Padres were going to go out and sign Xander Bogarts, which granted, whole lot of that's a huge hypothetical because you don't know if another team's going to jump in. You want when you're making a trade, it's not like you you're worrying about other teams just being able to outbid you. But if you knew the Padres are going to sign Xander Bogarts, do you still want to make that trade for Juan Soto? So far, I I think more and more Padres fans are starting to say no, only because you know you're getting Xander and you know you have Tatis and Machado. You have the three superstars right there. That the, that's not necessarily how you build a baseball team. That's how you build an NBA team. And for maybe the NFL, you just want to get that superstar quarterback and a couple guys, right? But not in baseball. We see it all the time. I mean, Jared Kalanick, everyone left him for dead. He's killing it in Seattle right now. He's been like their MVP. James Outman, in terms of our division rival, the Dodgers, he's been doing pretty good lately. So there's something to be said for depth and not necessarily just trying to build a team that has five superstar sluggers. Granted. There's some counters to that. You know what I mean? You still want to pay. It's still very, very important. And Manny Machado is a very good player. And same thing for Juan Soto. But it's at least worth bringing up the conversation. Uh, a conversation that I'm not ready to come out down on either side of. But I'm just scared 
uh, of Juan Soto, not because of his overall talent and whether or not he's going to be good this year, but just defense. And do we really want to sign now another guy long-term? Forget the Darvish and Musgrove contracts. Just in terms of batters, I'd be four guys that you have for another 10 years. There's just something about that that makes me uneasy. And I know that Padres fans are like, we don't care. We've never have had even one of those guys for even six years, right? Like, that's never happened for this franchise. I get it. But I still just think that you have to at least take that into consideration. I don't think it's as much of a slam dunk decision to do. I didn't think trading for him was a slam dunk decision to make either. I thought it was great. I didn't object to it. I was happy. I was thrilled. It was exciting. It's great for content. I mean, come on. It's great. But... Just in terms of, I would not have been upset if the Padres are like, you know what? Maybe we trade one of our prospects and we go get someone else who could be really helpful for the team. I don't know who. I don't remember who was available around the time last year. Maybe that's what they do. And maybe they say, hey, maybe we'll save that money for Otani. Or we'll save that money for Matt Chapman, a guy that I was talking about this offseason as a dude to aggressively target if the Padres weren't able to re-sign Machado, because he looks like a beast. He looks like he's going to be the MVP. People thought he was going to be back when he was with the A's. Um, but that's just my thought on the overall kind of Padres offense. I think that there's plenty of reason to be concerned, but you know you can't, you can't give in because there's still so, so, so much talent on this team. And even when their offense hasn't been hitting, they've still shown some really good upside with their pitching. I mean, Hayter looked excellent. Uh, and, and he has looked excellent all year long as the closer, which is really, really exciting, especially because he was so scary for what he did last year, um, for sure. You know what I mean? Like I, I, And I was wrong. That was an, a player I was totally wrong about. I was ready to just hit the button and say, this is over. Like, this guy's cooked. You know what I mean? I just I thought that that was a mess what he did last year. Um, and he's just a guy that sometimes he beats himself. You know, he throws too many balls, makes it a little bit scary. But guys aren't touching anything that he throws, which is great. And you saw that in yesterday's game, slash today's game, whenever you watch this episode. But before we recap uh, a little bit of the other things and talk a little bit about El Nino uh, returning to the lineup, hopefully, hopefully, very, very soon, uh, potentially on April 20th, we'll have to see. Before we do that, though, let me just quickly remind you guys about the coolest baseball game I have played in quite some time. And no! It is not MLB The Show. That's for casuals. That's for the mainstream sheep, ladies and gentlemen. Because you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to give you something that won't make you feel like a sheep just going towards the crowd. No, no, no. Ultimate Baseball GM is rad, guys. You hire the right coaches and staff, you're going to win for sure. Just kidding. No, you won't. Because you also have to manage the team finances. You also have to scout and draft players. You also have to manage injuries and difficult personalities. And you also have to navigate free agency. You got to design ballparks. You got to come up with the facilities and everything. You got to do the whole thing. You can get fired. It's possible. Not me, though. Not me, though. Not me, though. Granted, I haven't touched the app in a little bit, maybe like a week. But still, I haven't been fired yet. So listen to me. Don't listen to the other Locked On MLB Network bozos who've already been fired three times. Maybe the guy of the host of the Rangers podcast maybe might have been fired three times. I don't know. It's just just a rumor. Just a rumor. But, guys, go check it out. It is really fantastic. All in this challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Which is a big thing. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but as a big game head, I get really annoyed sometimes when it's just always having to be online like remember the good old days playing your game boy advance playing pokemon well guess what you don't have to be online for this you're good uh so lockdown Padres listeners also get a 100 percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code 
locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. It is very, very, very cool. So be sure to do that. And to download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Start your dynasty today. As we get into the winding down moments of this here podcast, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about the last game that happened between the Padres and Braves, in which they lost 2 nothing. Um, and it was unfortunate because they got a pretty dynamite start from Ryan Weathers. Granted, granted, he gave up six hits. He did get hit in the first inning. Austin Riley hit an absolute nuke off of uh, Ryan Weathers in this game to deep left. Like the, the exit on that thing was just crazy. Um, but for the most part, he kind of bounced back after just a rough inning. Uh, two earned runs, only walked two, struck out five. He still got a 2.8 ERA on the season. And unlike his time into the 2021 season, his rookie year. This doesn't entirely feel like it has been fueled by just really good luck. Ryan Weathers looked like a rookie of the year guy. And he was, you know, he had the game face on when he was facing the Dodgers and stuff. But, you know, it was a lot fueled by some luck uh, in the previous years, right? So this year, at least so far, if you look at hard hit rate, 90th percentile on the year. And barrel rate, 77th percentile. He's not getting a lot of strikeouts, but... His fastball velo is up a little bit, and overall, he's just been a steady fifth starter. And I think that's what you should kind of expect of Ryan Weathers. There's going to be more games where he gets lit up for sure. I know that's going to come soon. I don't know when, uh, especially if he doesn't necessarily get guys to chase more, which he hasn't been doing necessarily enough. Uh, Not a lot of strikeouts for this guy, but in general, I just kind of like that we've seen um, just improvements across the board on a lot of his stuff. Uh, You didn't really see him much in 2022, so you can't count that, but... You know, when it comes to his slider, nobody has hit that so far because he isn't throwing it as much. And that's an interesting change about him so far this year is he throws his changeup a lot more, and that has been vicious. And his changeup was something that people hit a decent amount uh, back when he was using it in 2021. So he seems to have kind of ditched the slider, and he's gone more towards a fastball um, changeup sort of approach, which is something I very much enjoy. And then a sweeper, which, to be perfectly honest with you guys, I don't know enough about the sweeper. It's taking over all of baseball. It's been the big thing everyone's talking about, but it's his third pitch and opponents are only hitting 154 against it. So I can't fully speak to the sweeper. I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough data on it, but it's sweeping baseball right now. No pun intended. Uh, And Ryan Weathers has been using it effectively. But even with that, and Brent Honeywell, another great appearance from him, by the way, only gave up a walk um, and then got a strikeout. You know, really, really cool stuff from Brent Honeywell, who I'm rooting very much for. But Max Freed cut down the Padres lineup. He's got a one ERA on the season. In fairness, if there was a game that the Padres would not look so good offensively, it would be Max Freed. He's a really good pitcher and a former Padre, unfortunately. Oh, man, let me tell you. Gosh, dang it. Gosh, dang it. Oh, Preller! (laughs) You know what I mean? Every now and then it can be pretty rough when you look back at guys that the Padres have gotten rid of that you love if they still had them right now. But even still, more so in this game, you know, just really frustrating. This is when Machado hit into another uh, double play. That was really frustrating. And in this game, um, in this game, also, you got three strikeouts from Nelson Cruz. Again, the regression is going to come from him. I have no doubt about that. Uh, But he even still goes one for four in this one. He does get a hit. Uh, And then Juan Soto in this one, a walk and a strikeout. Uh, You know, no hits and whatnot. Um, Xander Bogarts, I tweeted... Uh, somewhat jokingly that the story of the San Diego Padres season is Xander Bogarts getting on base to start off an inning 
And then both Soto and Manny immediately, kind of quick, uh, just immediately grounding out. And that should not be the case. I think that this Padres lineup, while there are questions of depth, and there were questions about depth before the season, my view is Cronenworth, Carpenter, Cruz, and Kim. You can at least hope that those guys can be average at bats. Hope. Um, but when it came to Grisham, I was more worried. Turns out it's been the opposite. Trent Grisham has been actually uh, a lot better so far this year, especially when it comes to power, being more aggressive at the plate, which is what I like to see, and really good defense. So, look, there's Grisham has actually been the player that's really, I don't want to say surprised me, but he's been the one that's been doing what I've been saying, which is being an average offensive player. 115 WRC plus on the year is awesome. I love it. Um, it's funny that his defense actually, according to like outs above average and stuff, hasn't been great so far. That should even out, but it's just it's a little odd that so far his uh his fielding metrics haven't been as awesome so far in twenty twenty three. Negative two defensive runs saved and negative one outs above average. Too early and those numbers are also not that scary. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not like, oh my god, he's minus five and six. What happened to Trey Grisham's defense? And I bet you part of that was when he wasn't able to corral that uh, ball that he sprinted towards and almost caught. It was a, it was like over the weekend, I think, and it bounced off like the wrong part of his glove. He has an issue with forgetting how to catch a ball sometimes. It's very weird. He'll make the dive and get incredible jumps on things and cover such a wide swath of the area of the field. But, man, sometimes with him, I'm like, what's, what's going on, my guy? But overall, I think that this Padres team, the comp that I've been using to describe what their offense could be is not, you know, the the, the all-timers. I don't want to say Murderer's Row. I don't even want to say the the Seattle Mariners of the 90s, right? But more a comp that makes sense, which is Manny Machado's tenure on the Orioles. Back when they had Nelson Cruz as well, and they had um, uh, Chris Davis with a C, when, back when he was like a super slugger, right? Where they just had this top of the lineup. They, the, I called it the FU lineup, where it was like, I don't care if we don't have starting pitching, I don't care if the bottom of our order can be a little bit weird. It wasn't that bad, uh, but it could be a little bit weird. I don't care about that. We have just a really good bullpen, and we have four guys who are going to hit 35 or 40 home runs with Adam Jones, Manny Machado, Nelson Cruz, Chris Davis, and then Mark Trumbo for a couple years. Like It was the FU lineup. We're like, we don't care about anything else. We're just going to hit bombs. And that's kind of the comp that I have for this Padres team, with Xander Bogarts being the guy who is going to be more of a batting average on base beast instead of a home run beast. I know he has four already, but hang with me. That's what I was kind of expecting for this Padres team, or at least that was the upside for this Padres team. And so far that hasn't happened. And hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, we get the official news that El Nino Fernando Tatis Jr. He gets activated off the IL in time for this Arizona Diamondbacks series in time for this Padres road trip. That's coming up against not just the D-backs, but then the Chicago Cubs Afterwards, it would be great to have him back. Bunch of people are on Padres Twitter. I guarantee you are already making 420 jokes. If that happens, it's awesome though. And while it is disappointing, and I'm going to say it again, that they're in need of him, right? That they need that spark. Uh, I'm still happy that we're getting the spark. He's been awesome in AAA. Everyone's been talking about all the bombs he's hit. Sometimes for worse, in the case of uh, Matt. Uh, I'm I'm Matt McClure. I think that's his name. I'm not I'm not even trying to be petty or anything like that. I forgot his name for a second. Um, you know, making the comment about him being a cheater. Bottom line is, I can't wait to see him in the lineup, and hopefully, uh, he does get this team going. Maybe having some 
uh, a Tatis in the leadoff spot. Then you have Xander. Those are two speedsters to start. Then you get into the Soto Manny thing. Uh, that could be great, right? That could be great. I'm hoping that adding that extra piece is what this Padres lineup needs uh, and hopefully just gets them going. And I'm curious to see how he acts. What is his personality going to be, given all the controversy over the last year uh, in terms of the cheating and just being an overall goober knucklehead? I've got his bobblehead right here. Hopefully he's going to be awesome. Uh, I can't wait because I know, I'm ashamed to, almost almost ashamed to admit how many times I have, like, before bed, just watched Fernando Tatis Jr. highlights. Like, I miss the guy. It's been so long. We miss you, man. We miss him so much. But uh, hopefully that goes well. I'm going to be talking about that and more uh, probably in the next episode with Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks to preview the series, talk about what's going on with the D-backs. A very good team. Do not sleep on that Diamondbacks team, man. They are fast and they are growing fast. Uh, they they have some good stuff on that team, and they gave the Pirates some trouble when they first faced them uh, earlier in the year. So that should be a lot of fun. So look forward to that, and look forward to the return of Tatis this weekend and beyond, guys. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed today's show, because with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Pirates podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Be sure to go check out you know, the rest of the Lockdown Pies, Lockdown MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan, Lockdown MLB Prospects with Lindsey Crosby. That's really cool stuff. Be sure to do that uh, and look forward to the rest of this show. And follow me on Twitter again at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.